0: More than one time in the scripture, we hear words <clears throat> like this, um, but I'm just picking out one verse, Proverbs 620. It says, my son, obey your father's commands and don't neglect your mother's instruction. And of course, he says that numerous times, the value of mother's instruction is something that we all would cherish. And uh, William, I got a slide or somebody who's where'd William go? Just it says Happy Mother's Day. Um, I might not have got it off of Google Drive, but not only do we gain from mother's instructions when we're young, but as we get older. And you know, I'm y'all can. I hope none of them have brought their their uh, weapons today, because the Bible says older women teach younger women to love their children. And you can define older however you want to. Uh, Let me just go ahead and say in the the case of preservation that I don't consider any of these ladies old. Uh, (laughs) Wisdom prevails. But um, I've, i last year about this time it, it, I was thinking about mother's day and I thought, you know, twice that since in the 18 years that I've been the pastor here, twice we've had panels like this on father's day. And I thought to myself, self, why haven't <laughs> talked to myself? Why haven't we done this on mother's day? So since I was the one who could make that decision, I made that decision. And here we are. I want to hasten to add, we've identified four ladies. I've identified four ladies. You can blame it on me. Uh, but I could have picked a dozen of you. I mean, we could do this again next Sunday and have a completely different four folks. And we could do it the following Sunday and have a completely different four folks. And there'd be value in every one of these. Um, so I just, you know, anyway. So who's, here's who we've identified. First the first lady, my wife. She is real excited about this. She has been thanking me all week for choosing her. You can sit down. You can be seated. And uh, uh, Cindy Shearer is coming And Karen Brummett. And without getting too personal, the youngest of the four, Kelly Pody. Those of you who may be new or this is your first day walking in here, um. These ladies all have grown children. As a matter of fact, all of their children are grown. Grant would attest to that. Um, and uh, there are 19 children between you. Now, guess who carries most of the weight on that one? <laughs> um, 19 children, and I've lost track of how many grandchildren. Three. The three down there have all have grandchildren, multiple, and... Um, and so, you know, someone asked me one time if I was going if, if I would write a book on being a father, I said, "Well, every chapter would be, this is what I did wrong, <laughs> and this is what I did wrong, and this is what I did wrong, don't do this." And I'm sure that that a lot of what they've learned is is how not to do things. But we wanted just to give them an opportunity to answer your questions, and I, I did get a number of questions here. Oh, they got some good ones too. Um, if for some reason in the midst of this, you, a question pops into your mind, go ahead and write it down and somehow get it to me. Uh, we're going to, we're going to, uh, the ones that we got this morning and the ones we got in email, will take preference. We have some more that we might get to, uh, so are you ready? All right. And I guess, unless I specify you, y'all can, uh, uh you, you we'll sh- let, let you share this microphone. Make sure the mute's off right there, Kelly. So, listen up. Here it is. What was the greatest lesson you learned from your mother from being a mother? Greatest lesson you learned from your mother from being a mother. Don't everybody jump at once. Alright, first lady's ready to go. Let's go. it shouldn't be. There it is. I hear it.
1: Oh, goodness. Okay. Um, The thing I learned from my mother was how to pray for my children. Um, Because I was probably that wild child that my mother uh, was very concerned about always. And um, I know that I would not be here today without my mother's prayers. And that taught me how to pray for my children because when they were little, when they were born, I started praying for their wives, that God would bring them the right woman in their life, because that can make or break somebody. But um, so I guess that's it. It's just praying for my children was the ultimate.
0: Anybody else got an answer for that, or you want? Me?
2: I think for mine, it was just um, championing, championing, you know, your children and whatever their gifts are. Uh, I learned that from mine, and then from Sean's mother, I learned um, that the, you know. <laughs> The word is living and active, and so you know, being able to use the word to speak over your children. Cindy's got
0: My mom
3: um, didn't become a Christian till I was in high school, and um, her biggest regret was that she raised my fourth. My, our last sibling was born when I was in college, um, but her regret was that she was not a believer. For the other three, um, and what she didn't appreciate, and it was sort of the it was a double lesson with that is um, one that um, God is amazing in terms of what He can do, uh, even when we're not aware. Uh, we're only aware of our own failings. Uh, but the thing that she communicated to me as a non-believer all growing up was that the Word of God was like nothing else. And that it was the authority for everything. So um, when I did become a Christian, two or three years after she became a Christian, that lesson was so ingrained and really actually was kind of foundational to me becoming a Christian.
0: And I, my math was wrong. There was twenty-one children represented.
2: Two. Twenty-two. Sage.
0: I should have counted Sage. You're right. Who <laughs> what? And's pregnant. Oh no, no, no. <laughs>
3: yeah. well.
0: Moving right along. Oh,
4: I love <laughs>
0: <laughs> she tried to pull that on us one time just several years ago, and Jason told her, "I'm going to be one of those children on the milk bottle."
1: <laughs> You're going to be missing.
0: <laughs> now, this is for those of you who did, but. Why do moms say when they're spanking their children? If you don't believe in that, just stick your fingers in your ears or something. I don't spank mine either anymore, either. But anyway, why do moms say when they're spanking their children this will hurt me more than it hurts you?
2: They're lying.
0: I think that's the right answer. Mm. Well, this one's aimed at a particular panel member, and they will know who they are. Have you ever had a kid that put cheese on bread in the toaster? Yes. Tell the story. His wife wrote it, so you have to
1: goodness um my kids usually made their own breakfast sometime in the mornings before school and so i'd make them cheese toast and one time he couldn't find who's he um, jonathan okay. i won't say your name he's a jonathan. big boy he can
0: handle
1: it his wife's the one that brought it up here so he got it when my kids my kids will make fun of each other bad but um they love each other But anyway, so Jonathan one day, he had to make, well, no, I made it. But then one morning, he had to go in there and make his own cheese toast. So he got the toaster instead of the toaster oven and put cheese on it stuck it in the toaster and wondered why there was no cheese when he cut it out. (laughs) So that was a cute story.
0: There are no thin-skinned Granger boys in my house. What is one of the hardest things you chose to do that helped your child or children? Hardest thing you chose to do that really helped. Okay, Karen, we haven't heard from you yet. It's good.
4: Homeschooling.
0: Hardest thing, she said. Yeah.
4: It's really hard, but it was great. Um, I don't think they'd be the wonderful people they are today if it weren't for keeping them out of the schools and just having that much time with them. Mm-hmm.
0: Anybody else? Kelly? Question. question is, why are you a public school teacher? No, that's not what <laughs> I'm going Still kidding. pondering. I'm just kidding.
2: It's for the money. I'm just Sorry. kidding. <laughs>
0: what is one of the that's hardest so things you chose to do that helped your child or children?
2: they know when they wanted to do things um, it, it was really hard because you know i mean as you can tell today you know everybody wants to be their child's friend and so to step up and be a parent above being a friend is really really hard because you you know what it was like to be a kid i mean as long i mean e- even though you're older you still remember wanting to do things And you still remember what it was like when your parents said no, but um, I I had to trust, you know, the Holy Spirit in me uh, to make those decisions. But that was really hard, you know, especially when they were very disappointed that um, that they would not be able to do things.
0: That would go. Okay. How do you battle anger? when you're sleep-deprived and the kids aren't listening? Y'all, all all four have to answer this one. How do you battle anger when you're sleep-deprived and the kids aren't listening?
1: They don't want
4: to know. I think this is for me. (laughs) We had a whole lot of quiet time. For mommy and for the kids, mm-hmm. we just take a break, go pray, and and I would say, come by and we'll talk about it later. Right now, I need mommy needs a break, mm-hmm. so we all go to our rooms, <laughs> That's good. and pray about it.
1: <laughs> you don't want to know what I did. <laughs> oh
4: yeah. <laughs>
3: I think any mom that says she's never yelled at her children is lying. Um, um, yeah, I didn't always handle that well at all. In fact, actually, wait a minute. Are my kids here? I never had that problem. <laughs> um, sometimes it's really, really hard. Um, my favorite time would be when I was almost asleep. And you know that real heavy sleep where you are completely out of control of anything that comes out of your mouth? At least that's what I tell myself. And the kid comes and goes, 135 times. Um, it's just a reality. I think the best thing to do is to, to learn to back away. And to when you can, if you've got real little ones, you can't really... It's hard to go anywhere. But find in advance, before it happens, think about ways that you can prevent it from happening again. Safe spots, they can be places you can just give yourself some space. Um, and dads, this is where you'll keep your wife out of jail. <laughs> um, being aware that um, you're, you just need to step in. And, and help and make sure she's getting sleep and make sure that the kids um, um, ha- are safe and taken care of so that she can keep herself safe. Um, and um, so, yeah.
1: I think what Karen said was probably right. Just take a back step and um, never spank your children or discipline your children in anger. Because that's the because then it's not. I'm doing this because I love you. It's, I'm doing this because I'm mad at you, and you don't want to ever relate that to them. But uh, just take a step back and pray, and make them go to another room, and and then when you're settled, then you is when you talk to them or whatever.
0: Okay. Maybe try to get some sleep," said the father. These, these questions came via email. What are or were your favorite ways to spend quality time with your teenagers? Did you regularly plan quality time or mostly grab opportunities as they came available?
2: Uh, I know for me, um, you know, it's the as you go, you know, in everything, you know. Um, you know what you want your teenagers to be. You know what they are. And and so you're constantly thinking about, you know, ways, you know, I can get them from one, one place to the next. Um, and as I was doing that literally physically, because that's what, you know, those teenage years were about, was hauling them everywhere, you know, those times in the car were priceless. You know, whether you talk about, you know, um I, I think one of the biggest things is being relevant with um with what's going on in their lives um uh, and knowing uh who their friends are, uh knowing what the conversations are, knowing um even knowing the music that they're listening to because you know at some point you may have to say no to some of those things as well. Um but just kind of um being aware of their world and um and always teaching them to align it with the Word of God. And, uh, you know, and if something doesn't align, then you just bring that to their attention. And so um, it's the Word that's speaking, really. And and you're not having to do so much, you know. But um, as uh, Ann said, I think praying for your kids. And then they're, um, you know, you're just letting the Holy Spirit work. But always, every, I mean, every moment's an opportunity um, you know, with the kids, although we would take, you know, vacations and things, but, um, you know, hikes and whatnot, but, um, yeah, every moment.
4: Well, we were really busy, too. Um, you have to just schedule stuff to to get them away from all the distractions. So um, many times we would just go to a park and rent a cabin for the weekend and just hang out with no TV and board games and things like that. That that was great, and road trips. Um, But those those were the busy years. I think the best thing that we ever did was when they were born or even before they were born, we would read the Bible um, every night and sometimes we they were too busy or we would get away from that in the teenage years but but we would have Bible studies together and that's the most I think that's the most important thing you can do is just read the Bible with your children and just ask the pertinent questions and and, and pray together.
1: I always tried to do supper time. That was our favorite thing was having supper and that was um I always tried to have supper every night with my children. Now, as they get older and they're going in 90 different directions, it, is, it gets harder and harder. But uh, that's the time we used, and there was no cell phones back then, so we didn't have to worry about it or any of that. But that was family time for us was that supper. When my kids were little, um, I know that's not probably the question, but when they were little, we would have um, once one night a week, we would have Jason night, or Adam night, or Jonathan, or Nate night. It was their night. I fixed their favorite food. Their the centerpiece was whatever they their favorite toy or whatever they wanted to do, and it was all about them. It was their night, you know. So we try to do that once a week. And that um, was about
0: it. I'm trying to remember. Now, <laughs> <laughs> well, for those of you who are new or just your first time walking in here. That's a mother of twelve down there, so. So if I drool, <laughs> <understand>. it's okay. <laughs> uh,
3: I I really enjoyed my my kids' teenage years, except seventeen. Seventeen was not a lot of fun. Um, sort of like it's equivalent to the four year old. They've got all the words and all of the wisdom of the ages, and you know, uh, seventeen they can smell freedom just around the corner, and it's you know they they say things like when i'm 18 <laughs> you know um i, I think <laughs> i think probably the biggest one of the biggest was, gifts we can give them is to know that you enjoy them and that you appreciate them and and love who they are um, and try and put them in situations where you can follow they can follow their gifts and you can do things together um, I think one of the pieces of advice um, that I, I really liked was um, for moms um, develop your gifts and your interests and take your children along with you, um, and that you know that doesn't always work, um, but it gives a lot of opportunity for those
0: one-on-one times. One more thing. Oh, she's double dipping. Boy, that's all right.
1: I just remember James Dobson. He told a story. He said, and I loved James Dobson. He was my go-to person when I was raising children. He said, when you get to teenagers or get about 12, you put this box and you put them in it and you put a hole so you can feed them. When they turn 16, 16
0: you close the hole up. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, also, do you have any favorite go-to scripture verses or advice? Is it, is it feedback because where I'm sitting, Mike? Okay. I'll go on the other side. I'll stand at where I was. Do you have any favorite go-to scripture verses or advice that you leaned on or referred to for reassurance in guiding your children through tough times? Any go-tos that you had, scripture or advice? Yes.
4: I always told mine to obey your parents so you'll live long upon the earth. <laughs> <laughs>
0: or as the famous comedian said, I made you, I can take you out and make one just like you.
1: And I hope when it's Proverbs thirteen twenty four, it says, Those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. I loved my
0: children. <laughs> Well, we got that. One. I have one more index card, but I have a summer one on here. I'm going to combine them. Um, what do you want your children and grandchildren to remember you by? How do you want to be remembered by your children and grandchildren? Not that y'all are going anywhere anytime soon, but uh, what is it? What kind of legacy do you want to leave with your children and grandchildren?
1: That I loved them more than life itself. Even when I disciplined them or spanked them or put them in the room, whatever, I loved them, and they knew it. They There was never a doubt that I loved my children, and my g- grandchildren is even better because I don't have to be the
2: bad guy
0: with
1: them. I get to always be the good guy.
0: And she is.
2: I'm going kind to of sound super spiritual right now, but, but I'll explain later. Uh, no, um, Jesus, that's... That's what I want to leave them with, um, you know. And just what you're saying, you know, the unconditional love, you know, through that. And I say that because, you know, in three or four generations, nobody's going to remember me, you know. But if they have Jesus, then they can just keep passing that. And that's, and and, um, and that's what I want for my kids, and that's what I want for my grandkids and and their kids.
0: Well, now is Jesus a real person? Yes. Yeah. Then it's not super spiritual. It's real.
3: oh, um I have these conversations with myself um, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah hold that microphone up to your ear so we can get in on those
3: <laughs> hey, they're very shy <laughs> um, oh um there's. A verse in one of the Thessalonians I always have to look it up to remember where it is so I can sound like I know something um, it talks about um, that in the last days I think it refers to the Antichrist as the man of sin, the man of perdition whatever um, deceiving um, even the, almost even the elect, um, it says that the ones that see through it are the ones who have a love of the truth um, and all of my kids right now are not walking where I wish they were um, but my my hope for them is that they will have taken from Rob and from me and from you guys um, a love of the truth I'll stop that the spirit of Doris, I rebuke you. <laughs> it worked, uh, <laughs> um, because it's, it's that love of the truth, and it's not just um, it's not just what they get from us. Because having been in other church situations, where everywhere they looked, they saw hypocrisy or something that sort of countered that but I, I want them to have that sense of this doesn't seem right and that love of the truth keeps pointing them back to um where they need to be and and where truth is so you know i'm just hoping i don't mess it up too bad
0: What is the one thing you would change if you could regarding raising your children? One thing that you'd change if you could go back and do it all over again. Now, if it's like me, that one thing is about a thousand things, but anyway. There's
1: a lot of things I would change. I said I would do so many things different. Um, I wouldn't make the mistakes I made now, but I would make different mistakes. You know, so we all make mistakes. And um, that's where God's grace comes in, especially for the first child.
2: Um, Just to kind of piggyback on that, that's, um, you know, there, there are mistakes and you look back. But I started out, you know, as a mother looking at the mistakes that my parents had made and said, well, I'm going to fix that, you know. Um and then which is, you know, those are good things and that's I think that's what every generation wants, but there's always going to be gaps. Always. Um based on, you know, your your personality, your family dynamic, whatever it is. And um and that was my prayer. And I, I don't know where um you know, where I learned that, but I think that it was so so important that that when I prayed for my kids, I think it's when I looked at myself Really, I, and I saw you know my, um, my weaknesses, my inabilities and just said you know Lord, please fill in the gaps. And, um, and I'm so thankful, I'm so thankful that we landed here and I'll made in well, I that box in a minute. Um, just for the people who have filled in the gaps, you know for my kids. And, um, I mean, I know, you know, it's like we, the youth group and Roddy has just poured into them. And then Madeline, you know, working with Dr. Brummett and, and seeing his life and, and, um, and then Kyrie and Carrie Grace, you know, be hanging out with the Nickens at the time. You know, we're talking about, you know, teenage years when, you know, you're, you're thinking, I have given all I've got. I just, I need help, <laughs> you know. And so, but all of you, you know, and I know all of you have spoken. I, I remember, um, you know, Carrie um, West, even, you know, he would take the time with Madeline to go hunt lizards and, you know, things that were important to her. And while you guys don't think that's a big deal, if, if Carrie is loving Jesus or Kevin is loving Jesus and Roddy and the Nickens are loving Jesus and they're, you know, doing the same things that I'm doing at home, but they see it somewhere else, then... You know, it's solidified, you know, and and they see it's not just crazy mom or crazy dad or, you know, and so I thank you. I I appreciate everything, everybody, you know, and I can look out here and see all of your faces and, you know, whether you've given, you know, money for my kids to go, you know, on a mission trip to see the needs of others, to be able to serve those people, Um, you know, there's a hundred things. As I look at your face, I can see everybody that has poured into my kids, so thank you.
0: She's not writing all these she's bringing to me, by the way, just in case you're wondering. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
3: I guess one of the advantages of being a mom for a thousand years, um, our oldest was born in 80 and our youngest was born in 98, and then our youngest came to us three years ago, um, is that one of the things I did notice that felt like I was a much better parent at the end. Because I had a whole lot more perspective. It doesn't matter. Half the things I disciplined my oldest two or three for, I would laugh at today and go, really? That's not such a big deal. Get up and go do it again. You know, it wouldn't have been the big, explosive, uh, heavy. I, w- I was much too heavy-handed with my older ones. And I'm, you know, with Kelly, I, probably, I would make all kinds of new mistakes. <laughs> but, um... In the the homeschooling era that we were growing up, and there were a hundred thousand how to raise your children to be the perfect persons uh, that you never were and regret that you weren't because your parents screwed up books. <laughs> um, and I, I read a couple of them, but they were all vending machine books. Um, and you can do every list on the planet that somebody else says will produce the kind of kid that you wish you were or whatever preparation you feel like you're lacking in. And every kid's different and most of the time it's just plug a coin in the slot and then you'll automatically get this result. There comes a point where they've got to make it their own and some will do it better and more efficiently and with fewer bumps than others but there's a point where the Holy Spirit takes over, and um, I wish I had embraced that earlier, I guess.
1: I will say that that first child, you want a perfect child. I mean, you you know he's got to be perfect, so you discipline. I I spanked Jason much more than I should have ever spanked him. Um, I believe it had been disciplined, but I, I will say I spanked him way too much. I should have put him in the corner. I should have did other things because you can't do something too much. But um, God has grace, I think, for that first child. And as long as they know that you love them, I think they will turn out okay eventually. God's, You know, God's word says they will not <laughs> depart from you if you give them the word. So that is what I stood on. But um, I just want to say... Um,
4: during the homeschooling years, I was a little bit uptight and, you know, really focused on trying to get everything in. And oh, we didn't get, you know, this curriculum done. And and if I had it to do over again, and, and for all of you young moms who are homeschooling, I think the best thing that we ever did was just read together. Mm-hmm. We would read Bible, but we would also read um, all the all the great books. Just you know, not the twaddly books, but the kind of books that spark your imagination um, that bring out character training kind of stuff and and but just lovely books and we read all the time and I wish that we had done more of that and less math because they'll get it when they need it and I mean I'm I believe in you know getting the lessons uh, done but you don't have to do them all you can do every third problem and then get on with the good stuff the really good stuff which is just resting in the lord and loving each other and having fun and the the best things that we did were reading together and going on trips together and just you know hanging out together and just letting them you know know you love them
0: uh, I've got a question on an index card. And I'm going to piggyback that with a question on my sheet here because they're, they're pretty close. Uh, this says, what advice would you give new mothers and uh, run? I know. Uh, this, uh, this one says, if you could start all over as a mother, discuss one thing you would emphasize more and more, and think, and also think about which you would carry less concern. Which, which would you emphasize more? and which things that were really important to you you would have less concern for today if you were going to start over as a new mother.
2: My advice always to new mothers is to take everyone's advice and then close the door and and then do what you have to do with your own family. Um, That's the biggest. uh, As far as do-overs, I think all of this... And none of this, um, you know, without the foundation of Christ, uh, you know, as your standard, as your direction, um, that, that it can't be what it's supposed to be. And so, um, you know, first of all, having that relationship with the Lord is, you know, is primary. But for me, the do-over probably, and this is, you know, confession time but um is it's probably that I would submit and those of you who know me you know it's like I have an opinion about you know and it's pretty strong a lot of times and so you know to be submissive to my husband probably a lot earlier on would probably have been um would have made some of our things a lot some of our are bumps, less bumpy. And um, and I say that in, you know, it, and it, it just kind of depends on your situation. I mean, you know, because Sean was on the road a lot, and so I was making decisions, and then he would come back, and then we'd have to, you know, to adjust to him being there and, ma- you know, and leading. But at the same time, you know, um, I, I was just very independent myself and independent thinking. And so just um, submission, uh, and, and, and that to me is the conversation. If you're gonna do something, it's not saying, oh honey, can I? You know, it's like, you know, this is the situation, you know, what, you know, how do you feel about it? What are your thoughts? And having, you know, input from both. And then it, and then it allows you to be stronger and to lean on each other, um, a lot more when you're actually raising and, and, um, you know, and trying to make decisions.
0: What is the best advice for discipleship of your children? Do what? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought y'all were done. Never mind.
3: I was just harassing Karen because it's fun. Uh, <laughs> um, new moms. Um, is the bit of advice still going around to... Um, um, not spoil your little ones And to um, let them cry everything out I don't know whether that was For a while that was the fads And first I said forget the fads um, I looked up Started to look up in the Psalms Where David says I cried uh, What was the response And every single one is I cried and you heard me And delivered me from my fears um, and that I think is a biblical response to our little ones, especially the newborns and, and infants. When they cry, they don't have words. They have the only the only words God gave them at that point is to cry. Um, and I would just say enjoy those sleepless times um, because they're precious and they're gone. The, what's become kind of a cliche: the days are long, but the years are short um take those cuddle times um, throw out most of the experts um, and um, your gut your whole the Holy Spirit tells you a lot of times what you need to do with balance but um, love those little ones and preserve childhood please preserve childhood um, you guys have got a whole lot more um attacking your children than we did um, with when I started. Uh, electronics, um, all of the distractions, the accessibility, and the, uh, the infiltration into our homes from Internet and uh, things so available um, that um, just free play um, and enjoying play, playing with your kids, like Karen was saying, I'll oh, read, 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 read. Screed time does not develop the same sort of lifelong skills that reading an actual physical book does. Um, I'd recommend two books um, For the Children's Sake by uh, Frances Schaefer's daughter, Susan McCauley, and uh, David L. Kimes' The Hurried Child, who uh, talks about pushing children into adult worlds in a way that um, loses their childhood. Um, so anyway, those are my soapboxes.
1: I come from the generation to where they say, don't hold your baby all the time. If they cry, use a slim cry. Tell you what, you hold those babies because it don't last long. And once you know, once they get about one and a half or so, they don't want you to hold them. So never feel guilty about just holding on to that baby and loving on him.
3: And the other thing on that is the most um, highest calling, I think, and new moms, it doesn't feel like it, but one of the highest callings you have is your kids. Um, God has put that child into your home and given you a special ability to disciple that child because he picked you and he put that child there. So don't feel like you've got to spend... All this time looking for something meaningful to do, and you know, what you are doing is the most meaningful thing you can do. And the church needs to support you. Uh, and your hu- and dads, you are sanity because new moms are like this, uh, and they need your perspective and they need your support. Um, but yeah, um, we don't
1: um, we don't value motherhood enough. Motherhood is the hardest thing in the world, but it's the also the most rewarding thing in the world.
0: Well, Cindy almost asked this question. What is the best advice for discipleship for your children or of your children? Making disciples of your children.
2: Several years ago, 18 years ago, when we came to Abundant Life, one of the things that, you know, Larry said is, you know, it's not our responsibility, you know, to, um, to ensure, you know, the, the relationship, you know, of Christ with your children. It is your responsibility. And, and that was funny because, I don't know, I guess I'd just grown up always, you know, always, my parents weren't very outspoken about the Lord. Um, and so that's where I, I got what I have. That's where I got what I had before I met Sean's mom. Uh, and so, um, but it's true. The The fact of the matter is, it's the parents' responsibility to teach the kids. And just like I was saying before, it's when you come to church, you know, um, it just, um, the, the, Everything else is gravy, and and should be in reinforcing what you're doing at home. And so,
0: anybody yeah.
1: else? Just be real with your children, because well, I don't know how to be any other way. You get the good, the bad, and the ugly when you see me. But you, to your children, basically to your little ones, you are Jesus to them because they don't know. This Jesus, they just see you, and that's what they're looking at until they get to about whatever age. Then, they, then, Jesus, they find Jesus on their own. But I would say, just be real and um, love them. And um, with us, you know, we had home church all the time, so church was in our home, we just it was who we were.
3: When you blow it, apologize, Definitely. you know, um, be, be a model of that, mm-hmm. um. They don't, they're not always gonna be right. Um, We're not always gonna be right. And they need that model of what do you do when you screw up? What do you do when you really blow it badly?
0: Um, And, you know,
1: I wasn't always right.
0: (laughs) I got a couple of sons here, they might wanna chime in on that. Let's see. Are y'all done? Okay, this is almost, it's very similar, but you touched on it. How did you? practice regular submission of your children to god it's there's a thin line there but how did you teach them to submit to god
4: Uh, well i uh i taught them at a very early age that i was the authority but god was the ultimate authority that i had to obey him and they had to obey him um and I don't know, I think that comforted them, that it wasn't just me. And God gave them to you, he will be able to, you know, give you what you need to, to disciple them.
2: Uh, Modeling, I mean, it's, it's, that's what it is. You, you follow Christ and they follow you. And then as I would do things, I would tell them, you know, why I was doing it according to the word of God. You know, what well, God says that, um, you know, we don't talk about people, you know, that we love them, you know, and giving them that perspective of, you know, of that if people aren't believers, that the expectation should not be that they, that if they're non-believers, that they act like us or they look like us. And that we need to love people through that. Um, also, um, when when I had to make decisions, when I felt like, you know, the uh, Holy Spirit was telling me um, to do something or not do something. And they didn't like the answer. You know, I just said, I had to remind myself. And I, so I reminded them. As, you know, as, like, you're talking about the honesty, you know. I'm like, the Lord gave you to me. He knew who you would be. He knows your personality. He knows my personality. He chose you for me. He knew at this moment what I would say, you know, before I said it. And I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, uh, no, you can't go to that dance. Or no, you can't go to that party. And and so knowing this. You know, if you are frustrated about what I'm telling you, you need to take it up with the Lord. You know, and so it took it off me and put it back on him. But that's where I was getting my information. You know, it was from the Holy Spirit. You know, ooh, I don't feel good about that. Or, you know, they don't know that those parents do drugs. Or they don't know, you know, that those people aren't, you know, quite right. You know, and so that was it. (laughs) Just saying. I know. He's lucky to be hanging out with y'all.
0: A <laughs> <laughs> couple more questions. Are y'all okay? We're running a little longer than we normally do. Oh, y'all not finished. Oh, goodness gracious.
1: I just think when you teach your children to obey... Um, you're teaching you know if they learn to obey you it's a lot older when they get grown to learn to obey Jesus. And if you just talk and talk and talk and never really even expect them to obey and they don't obey, then when they get older they're not going to be able to hear Jesus as well. So you know when you teach them, hopefully they learn the first time you tell them, which they very rarely do but but they will learn and then when you know they will learn to hear Jesus better when they're older.
0: Okay, a couple more questions. All of you can relate to this. Looking back now, how does it feel to watch your children grow up?
1: The best thing in the whole wide world. (laughs) I love it. I love watching my children grow up, and I love watching my children um, raise their children. It's amazing.
3: Um. I love my adult kids. It is so much fun to hang out with them um, and there there comes that point where it's time for a new relationship um and it's it's sweet
2: uh, yes. I love my adult children. <laughs> no, they are fantastic. I do. Uh, it's funny. I think that, you know, um, I, I wanted, if you don't want to be around your kids, nobody else wants to be around them either. You know, so, uh, seriously, That's true. seriously, you know, so socially raise them to, into the person that you would want to be hanging out with, you know, and, and so but I I love it. And I love to see them coming into their gifts and you know and and just in making their own decisions and um you know, well, I step back and I watch, you know, and and sometimes I keep my mouth shut, but I think that um <laughs> shut up. Uh I think um it's um but I still think we have a responsibility even, you know, even as they're older to give them advice. But, um, but just also to give them the grace to fail while they're still, you know, under your wing, you know, and, and, you know, not hold them so closely that they can't go out and experience because it's a whole lot easier for them to, you know, to fail at 16, 17, you know, eight, well, before 18. <laughs> But even 18, 19, 20, you know, when they're you know, still, still hanging around, um, then to, to be full-fledged adults out there just trying things for the first time. Life.
0: I was pastoring my first church at 20.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I just want to say that um, growing up, I, I'm pretty certain that my parents were believers, but I was unchurched. I never heard my parents pray one time in my whole life. Um, and at one point in junior high school, God pointed me towards Kevin. And um, and I just want to say it, it makes all the difference in the world, my trajectory. Um, now I, I go over to Katie's and Christian's house, and they're praying over their kids. They're singing Bible songs to them, they're just wonderful parents, and I'm so blessed. So, just choose God's path. Don't don't stray. Don't be tempted. Just seek God and everything. That's all.
0: Amen. Another doctor Dobson quote about what she just said about having children. That she said. or what he said.
1: Yes, the thing that struck me the hardest, and, and I don't know if somebody's going to get mad at me, but uh, he, sa- he, he said a quote, do you want to raise children that nobody else can stand to be around? And that struck me like lightning. I mean, I'm like, no, I don't, I want people to say, oh man, here comes the Granger boys. I wanted to not say, oh my God, here come the Granger boys. <laughs> I didn't want that. You know, I wanted to raise them right. I wanted to raise them, number one, to respect our home. Because if they respect our home, when we go into your home, they'll respect your home. Instead of going in there and my children dump out every toy there is and make a, it looks like a hurricane. And then they leave, say, see you later. Well, mm, you know, I don't know if I'm going to invite them back, you know. So when when they respect your home and your stuff, they will go out and respect. They learn it in the home first. And then when they go out, then they'll respect your stuff and and they will love to see your children coming.
0: This last is is actually not a question but a request, uh, and let me just uh, say before we before we do this, uh, all of you ladies who came in, you should have gotten a little notepad and an ink pen. If you did not, make sure you get it on the way out, and also on your way out, all the ladies, there's a flower or fl- uh, some flowers out in the foyer. Take one, or. If you need more, then we'll, whatever we need to do. But take those and make sure you get your gift before you leave. This request says, a mother's heart is for her children. Could we please pray in unity for all our children? So I'm going to invite one of these four ladies to lead us in a prayer for all of our children. I see the first lady (laughs) is handing off the microphone. (laughs) pray for all of our children this this will be our dismissal prayer uh and uh, we'll go but i want to give the opportunity to to offer this prayer of unity for all of our children
3: okay holy father it's um it's no
0: accident that um
3: you identify yourself to us as our father and our abba father um and, um, you know, we, we ask you, um, to, to watch our kids, uh, to be with them, to, um, you know, we, most of us probably gave them to you before they were born, um, or sometime after that at some point. I think you've, your spirit has, has shown all of us that, um, we're not enough, that they need you. And just ask that you, um, you draw them, um, those that know you draw them deeper, um, support them, help them to know, um, who you are deeper and deeper and deeper every day and to, um, be, uh, communicators of that to their kids and their kids and their kids' kids. Um, those who don't know you, Father, we just ask that you draw them, that you'd cover those things that we feel feel like are our failings or our neglects. Um, but that you would um still those voices in in us parents and that you would just do your work in their lives and draw them to yourself. Um, and uh, we know that that your your heart is to, for all to come to know you and we just pray especially that our children would would do that um in your son's name we thank you for your provision and your sovereignty and your mercy um and your um you know the song that we sang this morning that you're a a way maker you make a way for um us that you've made a way for us that you're the uh, miracle worker that you work miracles in the deepest and darkest situations. And then you put people in their paths uh, where we can't be and we can't see. Um, and that you are that your love far goes far beyond what ours is. And your son's name we thank you for that. Amen.
0: Let's thank these ladies for doing this today.